and welcome to episode 8 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn thompson Rule, and today I'm speaking with my lovely friend TJ Garcia around pelvic floor dysfunction and training specifically. Now TJ is a physiotherapist, she is a CrossFit Level 1 coach and athlete and she spends much of her time delivering workshops with her partner around pelvic floor dysfunction, specifically for coaches actually and, and how to spot it in clients and also how to, to train them around that. So it's a, it's a really important conversation that we have, particularly as TJ said, people think it's normal, it's not normal, it's just common and there is no reason for it to be that way. Definitely in the UK, there's not enough information about it for, for people that train or don't train. And in countries like France, for example, postpartum women have something like six to 10 weeks of physiotherapy for their pelvic floors, which is just incredible and, and so important. I know some women don't even go out or don't even want to exercise because they have a weak pelvic floor. And that's just pretty life-changing, not in a good way. So I hope you enjoy the show. I, I, I feel like we got as much information out about it as we could. I'm really hoping to get TJ over to the UK to deliver a workshop to coaches around pelvic floor dysfunction. So I will let you know as soon as that's happening. But for now, enjoy the show. TJ, how are you? Hi, hello, Joss. This is, for anybody listening, this is our second round of recording because we just messed up our first one, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> just the sound dropped out. Um, TJ, um, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast um, and talking about a really, really important topic um, that I feel is is not covered enough at all uh, for women brain or, or women in general. Um, just tell people very quickly um, what it is that you do and then we'll go from there. Okay. So I'm a physiotherapist specialized in pelvic floor and sports and I'm also a coach, a CrossFit Level 1 coach and I give seminars to coaches uh, talking and teaching them how to deal with the pelvic floor of women and men also. But mainly women because yeah, our anatomy is different and we have to make a few things differently from the guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and we met uh, working, a little shout out to John Singleton of uh, the program. That's how we met. Uh, and we, we were the two naughty kids um, and we had to sit on the naughty step a lot because we would often not do the right <laughs> thing and get told off. But that's yeah, how we bonded. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, so we, we were chatting um, not that long ago uh, and it was the reason why I decided I really needed to get you onto the show and, and, and talk about this. Um, but just about, I, I was telling you, um, I was uh, telling you about my whole birth uh, process with Bjorn and how he was uh, born via C-section and I only dilated uh, just to three centimeters. Um, and then we got talking more and more about it and you were saying that there was a possibility that my uh, pelvic floor was too strong. It wasn't flexible enough. Um, and then we kind of spoke more and more and I thought, God, so, you know, we, we, we always make the assumption that the pelvic floor might be weak and we need to strengthen it, but, but maybe not the other way around. You've got way more detail on this than me. Um, but uh, it's something that in, in France, for example, post postpartum women have about six to 10 weeks uh, physiotherapy for their pelvic floor and that's just something a, a service that is not certainly not offered in the UK um, certainly not offered in Ireland and and for me I think it's 
you know, life-changing for women. I know some women don't even go out um, because they are worried um, about what will happen if they're out socially. And that's, that's just horrific. That's, that's a real life changer. So um, wh- where, do, where do we start, TJ? Well, we can start regarding what you said. It's not 100% correct that the pelvic floor was too strong. Let's start from that. Damn it. I thought I had a pelvic floor still. No, actually, <laughs> it, it can be super tight, but it means that your muscle tone is excessive. And it doesn't mean that it's strong, because if your muscle is contracted all the time, it's not doing its job, that is contract and relax to make uh, power or and to be strong. So what, what really happens is that excessive tone is keeping the muscles tight and in the, in the in the pelvic floor it comes by closing the vagina that's why you you couldn't give birth naturally it couldn't come out it's like if you close the door so how can someone know oh i don't know if my pelvic floor is is like that because i feel some things what you 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 feel usually is you have uh, pain during sex when you're with your boyfriend you have pain or also if you want to pee suddenly the pee comes in it doesn't comes like all the way it's like it stops and then comes out again and then you relax and it stops and it comes out again so there are a few things that can give you signs that something is not not right so it's not only if you pee during the double unders that you've got a problem with your pelvic floor and it also if you've got pain it can be that you've got something in your pelvic floor so it's like any other muscle you can also have a contracture in your pelvic floor and so if you feel pain in your hips that the physiotherapist the normal physiotherapist couldn't couldn't heal it because he treated me the gluteus he treated me the lower back and the abductors and and, and still you have the pain, maybe the contractor is in the pelvic floor. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and that's very much like other, you know, often people say lo- lower back, for example, it might be, be tight and weak at the same time, right? Um, so people m- might think that that full contraction is, is strength, but in actual fact, it's, it's usual, usually perhaps compensating for something else or, but yeah, t- tightness doesn't necessarily um, equal strength. So, um, so what's the, what's the process, TJ? How can, um, so, you know, a lot of women think that it's just normal to, when, you know, not be able to run or, and, and particularly, and this is, this is something that we spoke about, particularly after they have a baby, um, they're like, oh, well, you know, that's it now. Whoop. Yeah. That's me done. And, and again, um, that's, that's not the case. So is it something that you would, um, recommend having checked before you even, um, conceive or it's something that you think if there are any question marks around it that you should get it checked Um, because I I certainly you know some of the symptoms that you have said um, like I didn't necessarily have uh, pain during intercourse but I could sure as hell hold on to pee for days like just I could just hold on to pee Um, so um, I wouldn't have necessarily um, thought about uh, going to see someone, it just didn't even enter my enter my head. Um, and I know certainly, and this is something that we've talked about in in training. You know, we teach so much about um, creating intra abdominal pressure and 
um, staying super tight as you lift. Now I, I trained all the way through my pregnancy, um, and, um, was, was safe with my lifts, but still lifted pretty heavy. Um, and I definitely, um, you know, after we've spoken, did not breathe in the, in the right way. Um, for, for training. So, so start, start wherever you feel is, is important to start. I know I've said a few things there. Yeah. The, you know, I've found a lot of girls that haven't given birth with 23 years old that pee themselves to, during workouts. So this is a point that we must have cleared. It's not only uh, a problem that pregnant women or women who has given birth have or older women that no, you know, the hormones is normal. No, it's not normal. And it's not normal, even though you've given birth, it's not normal to pee yourself. That's something that I, that I really wanted to talk about because it's, it's now, the good thing is now we are all talking about it. And, and everybody said, oh, I also pee during the double under GS. I cannot do them. Oh, and when I back squat, when, if, if I go heavy, I pee myself. But it, but it, it doesn't matter. I'm going super heavy. Okay. Now the problem has become normal, but it's not normal. It's common. A lot of women suffer from this, but that doesn't mean that it's normal. It means that you have to check what's happening in there. Because if you're losing pee during a lift, it means that something is happening there. You can have a pelvic floor weak, and that weakness can lead to worse things, like having a prolapse, having an organ coming out from the vagina, like the bladder, like the rectum. It, it's not normal. So... I really encourage anyone who has felt something, something strange, any pain. Oh, yes, I think I've lost some pee when I sneeze, but I'm not sure. If you're not sure, go check it out. Because if you're sure yeah. of something, you know. Yeah. So if, there, if there's any doubt. I know. It, it, you know it. So if you have that feeling, I highly recommend you to, to go to a, to a physio specialized in pelvic floor. It's you go to the gynecologist and it, it's okay. We're we're super professional. It's not going to hurt, and it's just ten minutes. The most thing that we do is check your posture, check the way you, the way you breathe, check your diaphragm, check the that you can activate correctly your transversus. So and and checking the pelvic floor itself, it takes like five to six, seven minutes. So it's not that bad because we all. It's not comfortable to go somewhere, <laughs> open your legs and go there. But it's only seven minutes. So it's a, we are going to check if your muscles are flexible. How, how's the, your your muscle tone? If you, if it's too high, we can tell you. Because we go there, we try to stretch, and it doesn't happen. Probably in your case, uh, you go and try to stretch, and it doesn't happen. And it's tight, and you ca can feel pain. Some girls don't feel pain. As you said, you might haven't felt pain at all, but the tension is there. Also, we check if you've got any contracture. If you've given birth before and you maybe have a scar, and we can check if, if, if the tissue is normal, if you have pain. And what we also check, we check the strength. I, ask, I will ask you to contract, and I can check if you contract correctly because some girls think that they, oh, yeah, yeah I do super strong contractions, yeah. And when you tell them to contract, what they are doing is pushing. What happens that they feel something in the pelvic floor and they think they are contracting, but no, it's the opposite. They're pushing down. And it's, that's something you must correct. Because if not, any, any advice that, that a coach will give you, like contract now, breathe, and go for the squat, it's not going to work because you're doing the opposite. 
So we ask you to contract, then we check if your transverse is, is working correctly in synergy with the pelvic floor. It's super important, that thing. Uh, also, if you can hold that contraction in time, like I'm going to count from one to 10 and you keep contracting and we're going to check that too. And, and you know, it's, it's just that. It's, maybe we can ask you to cough to see if the bladder stays in place or if, you got, if you've got a ligament that is not correct, it might try to come out. So we check for prolapse and that's it. That's it. It's, I, I, I tell you, it's just seven minutes and, and, and you've, you're going to have a lot of information, a lot. Because we as coaches, yeah. we cannot know. Well, there's a trick, I'll tell you, and I'll tell everybody. If you see the belly coming out during uh, an exercise, and you can pick a video from YouTube, from Instagram, any athlete, any fitness girl who's teaching you how to do a plank, I've seen many, many of them with the belly out. And that means that the intra-abdominal pressure is pushing. If, if it's pushing your belly, imagine what it's doing to your pelvic floor. Exactly the same. You're pushing down. Yeah. And that will lead to weakness. That will lead to an organ co- trying to come out. So if you, feel that, if you see that the belly is tightened in, it can give you an idea that it, it can be good. The, the intra-abdominal pr- pressure is being managed correctly. Although, uh, I want to tell you, uh, if you see a girl with a super strong core, oh, look at her, she's got this perfect body, she can have this excessive tone in the pelvic floor. Actually, is the profile. Uh, skinny lady, always with her abs tight, with the ribs closed, that we call is the ribs like tight and they, they, they don't move, that girl might have the hypertonus. So you as a coach, if you're, you're controlling your athlete, how she does or he does a squat, if, if the person pushes out, the intra-abdominal pressure is not being managed correctly. For the guys, what can happen? They can have a hernia, abdominal hernia. How many guys have you seen with a scar? Oh, no, I have, I have an hernia. Oh, really? Yeah, well, actually twice. What? <laughs> Something's wrong there. They're not doing it right. And the girls, unfortunately, we, the pressure goes down. Yeah, yeah. Because also we're taught, uh, say, in powerlifting, for example, with belts, um, you know, that you, you, do, you do push out, right? You create that, that intra-abdominal pressure and then you push out against the, the belt. So, so this is fine for some, but definitely not fine for others, which is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm an athlete myself and I, I never use the belt. Why? You don't need it. You don't need it. If you've got the strong muscles in your core, they, they are going to support uh, and, and to generate that intra-abdominal pressure correctly. But if you're pushing out, the synergy of the pelvic floor and transversus is lost. So your muscles of the pelvic floor will be unable to contract and protect that pressure coming down. And that's why a lot of girls pee themselves using the belt you just have to watch there's many many every week i've got someone sending me a video of this super athlete from the crossfit games this super athlete the power lifter this this sending me videos and the girls are wearing the belt they know they've got the problem any anybody they, they haven't got 
anybody that tells them, come on, using the belt is doing you worse. But you have to put in a balance. What do you want? To pee yourself? Or PR yeah. uh, your back squat. Okay, yeah. if they're going Which to give you a million, yeah, a million dollars for that one squat, okay, maybe you can risk. But come on, how many girls do you see at the gym using belts? That they, it's only for fun. We, we train for fun at, at the final. How many people is going to reach the games or win the games? Why? It's just 10, a group of 10 women are going to win the games eventually. And how many girls surround you using the belt? And what they, they are risking is much bigger than, the, than what they will get. What, five kilos, PR, the back squat? Oh, come on. Do, do you need that for your life? That's hard. Yeah. Because you have to get into their minds, their ego, and, and then try to, to explain them how it's done correctly, and maybe they, they have to drop weight. So it's complicated for us coaches. But that, that's something we have to do. Yeah. And that's often it. Like, you know, you want to go and, and, you know, um, when I'm coaching, particularly deadlifts, particularly squats, and you just, you just see people adding on the weight, their bodies are collapsing under the weight. You're like, just take it back. Take it. It's not, it's not worth that, that the, the extra 10 kilos you've put on there, it's not worth it. It is not worth it at any stage because no, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to the games. You're probably not even getting to regionals. In fact, you're not getting to regionals. Take off the damn belt. I feel, I feel the same way about, um, belts. I kind of feel like if I can't create that pressure myself, um, then I, and, and you know, I've, and I know people use it maybe because they've had back problems or whatever, but it's still then a crutch that they're using. Uh, they're not actually, you know, addressing the, the back problem or, or letting that get stronger, but yeah. Well, let me talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Oh, can of worms opened up. <laughs> oh my God. But because that's the excuse. No, because I've got back problems, but you used belt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I used belt and you had the back problem yeah yeah yeah. so it didn't help so you're using something that is actually not helping you a belt is not going to make you maintain a neutral spine that is what you need yeah you need to be able to create that yourself yeah 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 the yeah, mechanism yeah. of your body to know in which position it is there uh, I, I'm, I don't know the exactly word in in english sorry but but we've got like little alarms in your in our body that alert us when our spine is flexing, for example. And you and I, will, uh, we're doing a deadlift, our back's round, stop. Release the, the, the weight yeah. and go to another thing. But when you use the belt, yeah. that alarms are silenced. So you don't know. Your body doesn't know that it's in a high risk of, of flexing and this can become an hernia. We all have seen this. So that's why they feel that confidence to go with the belt and not without the belt. They can lift more weight. Yeah, of course. Your alarms are not working. So you're flexing your back, actually, and doing it super ugly, deadlift. But still, you're super happy because you increased five kilograms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And also, even without the belt, so many people don't have that awareness anyway. Like they, they go to lift a heavy weight from the floor, the weight's not moving. So something that they want to, they want something to move. So they move their back and they, they, so many people don't even have that awareness, let alone then the belt completely dulling out that, that, you know, responsiveness. So it's, um, but yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole new subject. <laughs> um, but so, so, um, 
<laughs> when um, somebody goes to see you uh, and you do these, these various tests, um, and as, as you say, I, I completely agree. It, it's seven minutes. And I think that, you know, I mean, smear tests, for example, aren't the most comfortable things, but they are an important indicator of your health, uh, much in the same way as having um your pelvic floor uh, tested like this is it, it, those, those seven minutes of uh, oh, if you're embarrassed or if it's uncomfortable or whatever it's so important to devote that time and just get over whatever you have in your head about it to actually think, think about your your full health um so so what what's the what's i'm sure and i'm sure it's kind of uh, the same question as how long is a piece of string but um what's then the the recovery rate because obviously let's say then um, you know, if you get a prolapse, obviously then that's, that's, uh, you know, a lot of work, um, after that and maybe, maybe, you know, sort of never fully recovering until you have surgery or whatever. Um, but, but for somebody who, um, let's say we're, we're making the assumption, um, for myself that, um, I've got, um, I'm hypertonic and um, what then is the, um, kind of recovery rate. What's the, what's the commitment of of exercises and um, I guess self assessment and what, what's that process then? Yeah, first of all, is is having the correct diagnosis and and check why that that pelvic floor went like that. Can be stress, can be related to many things. Uh, and then now you we know you've got this excessive muscle tone. What what we do? First of all, you have to relax in every meaning of that word. You can start meditating. You can start by breathing correctly. Sometimes the breathing, the pattern is saturated. So you have to really breathe and relax the diaphragm. Sometimes it's pressing down and that, that pressure is making your pelvic floor contract all the time. It's changed some habits that you might, you probably you, you've been contracting it without thinking about it. Just because you wanted to hold your pee and you didn't want to go after every every class you, or every PT. You yeah, have basically to I'm lazy. <laughs> so you, you've been contracting, yeah, yeah, contracting and not going to pee. Well, you have to now encourage yourself to every two, three hours go to pee. It's like that. Also, there are some, some stretches you can do some massage you can do or you can get it get it done by your physio or someone can, uh, the physio can teach you or your partner and and do them uh, also there are um, actually one of the best exercises for the pelvic floor is having an orgasm so awesome. doesn't wonder. all right okay <laughs> no oh sorry sorry my physio told me that i have must have like one a day yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's good for strengthening because it, it will make contractions. <laughs> but also for the relaxation part. When you have an orgasm, you've got these contractions involuntarily. But then afterwards, there's a, a super relaxation of the body and of the muscles of the pelvic floor. You have to focus on that part and, and try to feel that relaxation and try to connect to that, to that feeling. Okay. So, so basically, I have to have more sex and uh... <laughs> yeah, better sex maybe. <laughs> no, quantity is good. You yeah. can, you must have every time an orgasm. Okay, so all right, BJ, that's your it. partner work. <laughs> <laughs> he better he better start carb loading for that. I think. <laughs> um, 
okay. And then, and then, so for the, for the opposite, um, so in terms of, uh, women who, who are peeing when they're going for a run and, uh, you've mentioned double unders a lot for, for, so for those, um, who don't, um, who aren't familiar with, with CrossFit, uh, double unders are, um, just it's, it's, it's regular skipping, but instead of the rope passing under your feet, once it passes under your feet twice. Um, so that's what a, that's what a double under is just in case you, you, um, were a bit lost there. Um, so, so what about the, um, yeah. What about that process? So if somebody being a lot, yeah. Or, or just, yeah. For runners. Yeah. This, this, yes. It's the same, same stimulus as runners. Yeah, the thing is the the impact of the of the organs to the pelvic floor the, generates that your b- bladder is pushed down, and if your muscles are weak, you're not going to be able to to, to close and hold the pee. So what you have to first of all have the dia- diagnosis: why is that happening? So go to the physio; physio will tell you. But then, what you can do? Uh, the physio must check what I told you if you are contracting correctly the pelvic floor because sometimes when it's weak you don't feel the contraction actually oh I don't know if I'm contracting or if I'm relaxing now or you don't really know so go and check once you've learned how to contract you can start using that contraction uh, relaxing laying down doing some kegel exercises it's like very common you contract try to if you wanted to go to pee, but you're contracting, holding, and, and have that feeling of bringing the muscles into your body, okay? Never pushing down. That's super important. So having that, that mental visualization of the muscles contracting and in and relax. Use a part of relax uh, also as a training. Don't, don't go all day contracting, 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 because you can go to the opposite, right? And then you, you have to control that you're using correctly your transverses during the exercise. So if your belly ever comes out, that means that you're not using correctly. The pressure, you're not dealing with pre- intra-abdominal pressure correctly. That's something that your coach can help you. That's what we teach. We teach the coaches how, to, how they have to teach the person to deal with the intra-abdominal pressure. Then when you go for an effort, imagine a squat deadlift or lift the bags from the groceries you start with a contraction of the pelvic floor and then you lift then you relax so previous uh, the effort you do the contraction to protect the pressure that is going to be because our life is hyperpressive that we call we're putting intra-abdominal pressure we, we increase it with the sports but our life talking singing uh, shouting, being standing, waitress. Waitresses are the poor, standing all day, having the gravity against their pelvic floors. So, uh, uh, doing that contraction previous the, um, the effort, do the Kegel exercises. The Kegel is more, mainly also to get the, the awareness, the body awareness of when I'm contracting, when I'm relaxing. So that, that helps. And then if the physio ha- has to check if you need more strength, if you need endurance. So there are also nowadays a lot of, um, you know, electrostimulation. There are um, some devices that can help you. One is called, uh, uh, it's from the brand Lilo. They make a lot of 
sexual toys. <laughs> but it, this one is for strengthening the pelvic floor. The Lilo is called a smart kegel. Smart kegel. It helps you because it makes a vibration and then you have to contract. And when it stops, you stop. Vibrates again, contract. And when it stops, you stop. So it's like a coach, a mini coach. You have to put it inside, right? <laughs> so that can help. But first of all, you have to go to the, to the physio and get that checked and check that you contract correctly. That's the most important thing. And what about for, so just tell me a little bit more about the breathing then. So if you, and I just want to differentiate between the two. So if you are hypertonic, let's say when you're squatting, how are you breathing? And then tell me if you are, um, you know, uh, if your pelvic floor is too, too weak, um, how do you then breathe when you're squatting? Like, is there a difference between the two or you're, or it's the same or, cause again, in the training world, we're, we're all about that intra-abdominal pressure. And in a squat, for example, we're, we are, we are maintaining that tension, you know, pretty much for the whole movement, you might release that pressure, you know, in the, in the top quarter of the, of the squat, you know? Um, so is, is there a difference between the two? I just wanted to, to clarify that. No, between the two, it wouldn't be a difference, actually. Okay, so it's the, same, it's the same... It's the same pattern of breathing. What you have to do is, as soon as you put the weight on your shoulders, your ribs should remain open. This is a, a strange thing to explain it on only audio, and it's a video to explain, but like when you inhale, when you inhale, if you put the hands under your chest, on your ribs, when you inhale, the air expands your ribs. So try to maintain them there. Now, hold and start the contraction from the pelvic floor and go uh, higher until your belly. So it's just the inferior fibers of your muscles, of the transversus, of the obliques that are, that are going to be working. You know, imagine they have to hold our guts inside. So imagine that it's something giving you this little hug and pushing up the guts and the organs. And then you squeeze and you brace, but trying to bring that belly a little bit in and brace and try not to close the ribs. Because if you close the ribs, you're pressing down. The main thing you have to have in mind is not pressing down. It's like a toothpaste. You put a toothpaste, and if you press from, from down to up, the paste won't come out. But if you press from, from above, imagine your, your ribs, it's going to come all out. That's your organs. That's the pee. And, you, and, and for the girls who have the pelvic floor weak, I wouldn't recommend to do the apnea, the hold the breath. That's something that we, we have to take out of the equation for, for a while. But if, you, if you've got a healthy pelvic floor, you can do it. But with this previous contraction of the pelvic floor, open ribs, and then as soon as you can, release there. Either the, leave the apnea just for the hardest part of the squat, and then as soon as you can, start, start letting the air come out of your mouth. Okay. Okay. So that could be say, so you've gone down to depth and then almost as soon as you're like, so you maybe, maybe that first inch or two coming back up and then you're thinking about exhaling after that. Yeah. Exhaling with the, with the mouth shut, like not, not letting all the air come out at once. Like, Oh no, you, yeah. In between your teeth and that will make your transverses still working. 
because it's, it's uh, it keeps your belly tight when you try to breathe like this try to inflate a balloon it will make your, your your transversus work yeah so it's almost like a pressure exhalation it's kind of like a, a slow release pressure exhalation would you call it yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly exactly and just you you made a point there so that if somebody does have a weak pelvic floor that you don't recommend this kind of breathing to go for a squatting no okay. no they, for a while they they have to deal with with weights that they're comfortable with and they can keep this cycling breathing inhale exhale inhale exhale and don't hold the breath okay cool um so how does that then um apply over to if i'm thinking about um and this is just a question now i have uh, personally about coaching um so if i'm teaching if i'm doing a an overhead press a strict press um I would always teach. Um, so I've got them, I've got their feet underneath their hips. I've got, you know, everything, everything is switched on. So their, their butt is switched on their their quads are contracted. Um, and I would always say, uh, you know, bottom of the rib cage drop down simply because I don't want that kind of lordosis or, uh, rib flare once they get into that overhead position. What, what is your, what what are your thoughts on that then? Because I, I see that I see that so I see that so often in in the press. You know, they start nothing nothing is engaged, and then they press overhead. They end up in the butt, butt is stuck out, ribs are flaring. Uh, you know, there, there, there's no there's no control anywhere. It seems so. What what would that be? Actually, if, if they are doing that, it's too much weight for them. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's too much weight. You cannot control it. But it's not about bringing the ribs down. It's, it's about controlling the extension of the back, but keeping those ribs open. And when you do a press, actually, the, the torso shouldn't move. Obviously, if you're going for max, you're going to extend a little bit your dorsal spine, but it should, should remain on the dorsal spine. Your lower back should stay like, super tight. If you keep your belly and your core connected, you will only make this tension on the dorsal part. And that won't be as harmful as it would be of making this extension and the, all the pressure comes to the lower back. So it's just leaning back a little bit and then push. But yeah, but, but what, what you were saying is bringing down the ribs. That happens a lot on the hollow position. That's another exercise that I would take out of, um, of, the, of the workout. For example, if, if I've got someone with weak pelvic floor and that's a perfect example of of knowing if someone deals correctly with the pressure intra-abdominal pressure put everybody on on hollow position and look at their bellies if they come out they cannot do it they cannot do it and there are a lot of people teaching the hollow letting people press okay lower back is, is flat on the floor but but it can be flat on the floor correctly or by pushing with all the guts and uh, like if you were going to give birth that's not the point the point is the belly comes in and then your lower back comes flat to the floor it's a perfect exercise to, to, to check if the transversus is working okay and even even what you were saying though about the press there um and yes of course when 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 people flare out the weight is too is too heavy but there's there are also as you'll know so many athletes who just don't even have that movement awareness you know much like i was saying in the deadlift okay this weight isn't moving i don't really know how to control my body so i'm going to move something and i and i you know even if you're even if somebody's got a lightweight on the 
on the press. They're still, you know, doing that flair because they haven't quite got that that body control. So, so I, I think maybe maybe they've got haven't got the mobility. Yeah, too. of course. Which is yeah, and overhead is a, is a huge thing, right? We see that we see that so so often because so much of let's if, if that happens, what I, what I suggest what that comes to my mind is maybe change to one arm press. That would make them fight for the for the ribs in its place, torso in its place. And they can only go with that and you control that your body... It's, it's more complicated that if you're doing one-arm press that you lean back. You lean back because you don't want to hit your chin <laughs> when, you, when you're pressing. So, give them a tumble. Let's check. Fortunately, we've got so many options scaling options and, and ways of making it harder too so yeah yeah and, and and then and then again it just comes down to the athlete isn't it I mean how many athletes do you know that are like you know what I'm going to strip it all back I'm going to build it up slowly as opposed to oh no but I just want to I just want to go for that that next weight that and, that and then it's kind of like yeah but the end is going to come soon because you're not going to be able to get beyond that your body doesn't know what to do so um okay cool super super interesting about the about the breathing there and and also about the hollow positions because um we often um when i'm when i'm coaching um we will often have maybe um hollow rocks and um and i will say you know i want everybody i want to see everybody's hollow hold first and I will get them to partner up and kind of test and feedback and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and most people cannot hold that, that hollow no, position. No, a lot of people can't. Um, and they think they're doing if it. If I put myself in hollow, I start trembling and shivering in 10 seconds. How come can you hold it for one minute? Something's wrong. And, and you're not hollow rocking if you can't hold the hollow because then you're just wasting, wasting yeah, time. Yeah, don't smash your <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, don't smash your back to the floor. That's no, no point in doing that. But just, it, it has been like this, the, not, the coaches have been obsessed with having their the athletes doing the hollows. Okay, it's important for gymnastics. But how many times do you see the, the, in, in CrossFit the hollow rock? It is in there. Teach them how to place their body in hollow position, hanging from a bar, hanging from a ring. It's going to bring less pressure and it's, it's going to be more... The transfer is obvious over there. If you, no one d does it lying on the floor. It's super different, the exercise, hollow on the floor, that hollow on the rings. They have to know where is the hollow to block the hollow, not to stay in hollow position. Maybe, maybe we have to rethink about this. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was only, I can't remember who I was speaking to the, the other day, but, um, I was just saying that I'm just a real stickler for the basics. Like, so even, um, just, I used to teach a class a couple of years ago now, it's through, through Nike, um, Nike training club. And we, we've, we've changed the, the methods that we've used since, since then, but, um, and it was high intensity. Um, or there were variations of high intensity within there. But when I had my group of, and it was uh, at the time, it was also mainly girls. It was um, geared towards women. Uh, and, you know, I would be focusing on a body weight squat. I would be focusing on getting a, a proper push-up. Um, and, and by proper push-up, I mean, you know, how does your body actually move and connect with itself during that 
during that push-up like what is your body doing what is your awareness of that and they the girls used to laugh you know they'd be like oh well you know you, you don't you don't necessarily go to Jocelyn's class to to really sweat it out because I could I, I can give you 10 minutes of burpees that's easy a- any coach can do that but actually to, to slow everything down to strip it back and to make you really really focus with your mind what your body's actually doing that is that's the hard work and everybody wants to skip forward to yeah, make a good foundation yeah to the fancy stuff and and, and, you know, I've been guilty of that too. Like for sure, I've been guilty of that, but it's just kind of like, if you, if you lay those foundations properly, then it's gold, then you can, it, it, you can just move forward so much better than if you skip any processes along the way. It's just a, it's just a waste of time. Um, any, anything else on that TJ, I'm mindful of your time. I know that you've only got about uh, five minutes to go, but any, any other, any other points, um, what would you say for, so obviously, um, uh, this is something that obviously in France they get, um, uh, treatment for. Um, so if you're in the UK or, or in the U S or, uh, Australia or wherever you are, um, you, you, you would have to go to a specialist physio. Is there something that, is there a type of physio that they need to ask for? Um, yeah, what what's what do they who do they need to ask for? It must be a specialized in pelvic floor. Yeah, because we study physiotherapy, but then we have to specialize in pelvic floor. And sometimes people think, oh no, I go to the doctor, I go to the gynecologist, but they are not specialized in muscles. So they might say, oh, everything's normal. I put the ultrasound scan and I see everything normal. You are normal, but they don't know how to check the muscles, the strength, flexibility. Sounds strange, but it's like that. <laughs> you have to trust the physio. So, so, you know, we as physios are trying to make this net of people that, that are working on this. And, and if you ask me, I can tell you a physiotherapist in Australia because we are all like kind of connected. Because we really want the society to know that we are here and we can help them. And, and, and as much information there is, the problem is going to decrease, I'm sure. This has been kept in silence for so long and that has made that the, the, it doesn't evolve. But now that we are all talking about this, and, and for sure in five years, it, there aren't going to be so many cases that, like now, a lot, of, a lot of women have problems, a lot. And as you say, it's not normal, it's common. Um, and, and, and that needs to, that needs to change. That's such a strong statement. Um, also, um, where can, so, so I've already said to you that I want to come and do your course in Spain, but you said it's in Spanish and well, I don't speak Spanish, so (laughs) I have to wait unless I can drag, uh, one of my best friends along with me. She's, she's Spanish, but she probably doesn't know, uh, sorry, she's not Spanish, sorry, but she speaks Spanish. Um, but she probably doesn't know necessarily Spanish training terms, so that won't work. Um, but what we, what we talked about, yeah, uh, let's organize yeah. something. I'll go there and I'll give it in. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and hosting it here in the UK, um, would be amazing. I know a ton you know, of women. I, I give it with, yeah, my partner Vero, she's such an specialist with, with the exercise. I'm, I'm in charge of the physiotherapy part and she's in charge of the exercises. And there's a lot of new stuff that you love to learn. I'm sure for you and for your athletes. Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm um, definitely coming to the UK. Sometimes. Let's check our agendas and try to, to organize something for the next year. I think 2025 will be a good year. <laughs> we might have a gap. Um, but also, um, where can, where can people find you TJ? If they, if they want to get in touch, um, where's the best place to find you? 
because I know you're a globe trotter these days. Instagram. Yeah, in Instagram. Uh, at TJ Garcia Cross, two S. And there I am. I answer every DM that sent that sent me. That I, you know, if you can ask whatever. If I'm not at your place, I'm gonna look for a physiotherapist for you. Uh, I love my job. I love to do this. So don't be afraid to ask whatever you want. So feel free to ask and to open yourself, and I'll look for someone that can help you. Yeah, superstar. Thank you so, so much. TJ, I'm going to let you go. I know you need to go and coach now. Um, this was just so helpful. Um, and I think I've actually lost TJ now, uh, but um, I did that before. That's how we went with the first recording. But um, I have lost her. Indeed, I have. But anyway, um, you guys know where to um, get in touch with her. She's amazing. Uh, send her a direct message on Instagram. Um, and she will get back to you. And, uh, I really hope that you found this show helpful. It's just, uh, crazy to me that there's not more information out there about this. So, um, thank you so much and, um, I'll see you next week.